The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Welcome to another episode of The Push. This is your boy, Sean, a.k.a. Shaolin Shogun, and I'm here with my two co-hosts this evening. First up is my man, Dwayne. Welcome back, bro. How you doing today? It's so good to be back. I haven't taught wrestling in so long, I forgot what it was like to be on The Push and The WrestleCast. It's a whole new world, but I'm glad you're back, though. Well, we're glad that you're back, man, and we got plenty of shit to talk about today. So, you you, you missed it. You're going to get your feel for it tonight. What's going on, Don? Hey, Sean. Glad I could be back here on The Push, especially with Dwayne, one of the uh, OGs of The Push. So, I'm just honored to be here in your presence tonight, and we're going to uh, have a good time. And, yes, I'm not the host. I get to be just an analyst, so this is fun for me. <laughs> Good stuff, good stuff. Well, fellas, I want to talk about some superstar-specific things to start us off, all right? I want to kind of dial into part of the problem that we're seeing WWE and other companies have right now in building superstars, all right? So I'm going to kind of ask you a question really quick to kind of start us off. And I want you to tap into your wrestling fandom. You know, go back to your childhood. When you looked at NWA 605 or you looked at WWF Superstars or whatever was your show, when you saw that wrestler who stuck out to you, who you became a big fan of who you were drawn to. What are some things that stuck out to you? Was it the look, music, those type of things? What what attributes pulled you in? For me, it was uh, it was the music to start off with. I mean, there's some wrestlers where you, they have a theme song, and you just know right off the bat where it is. Like they could be gone for 10, 15 years, but once you hear something that is iconic and recognizable, you know instantly then those feelings and nostalgia just come right back and you're just ready. Like, you turn back the clock and you go back to those days when you were a kid and you just enjoyed all that for the moment. And then I would say, like, the looks are going to change regardless. Like, I don't mm-hmm. expect, I don't expect, you know someone that I grew up with to still have the same body type, the same weight mm-hmm. and the same hair color. Like they're going to be, they're going to be gray. They're going to be slower. They're going to be a little fatter or a lot fatter. So I'm wrestlers I've seen have picked up some weight. God damn it. Um, <laughs> but I think as you get older, the probably the more resonating thing is the music. 
Cool. Don, what about you? Um, probably the in-ring and the promos. Um, mm-hmm. Big fan of the old, uh, just the old promo style. Um, you know, go in there, um, squash match, pick up a whole bunch of wins, and then come out there and talk your talk your piece about why you deserve this or who you're going to beat up or when you get such and such at such and such building on such and such night that, you know, they're going to get it. So I always was a big fan of the in-ring action and the promos. Man, I can't even lie, man. WCW back in the day when it was World Championship Wrestling on T- um, TBS, man, those, those those interviews were life. Man, I ain't even sometimes I ain't even care about the matches. I wanted them to get to Shivani and start talking that cash shit. So don't do that. We look okay, 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 Dwayne. Okay, see what we're not gonna do. Is he talking about how old we are? No, no. That I said Tony Shivani. And what Dwayne is not gonna do, we this is a non bashing Tony Shivani yeah, zone. Tony Shivani is a very nice man. I met him in person. Thank you. You know, that is the voice of my childhood. Can we talk about the header though that I have? Hell no. <laughs> if y'all want to see Dwayne's, Dwayne, what's your Twitter handle now? Because you can take JR84. You can go there and you can see his disrespectful ass Twitter header. Fuck that. Well, we're not going to bash Tony Schiavone on the push. We're not here. No, fuck that. So, so, like I was saying before the disrespect tried to creep its way in, um, pivoting from fuck you, (laughs) pivoting from the promos, like, I really want to kind of concentrate on what Dwayne said, the music. Because that, you know, outside of the promos, and I'm, I'm glad you both said different things because you both hit two of my favorites, the promos and the music. So we're going to leave promos alone today because I feel like that's a whole nother conversation we can get into. But we're going to talk about this music. All right. When I think, you know, and I feel just like Dwayne, you know, <sighs> And y'all can correct me. Well, don't correct me, but if y'all feel differently, let me know. Um, I'm more so lean to the side that the music helps to make the talent, not the other way around. So just like Dwayne said, make that comment about, you know, somebody being gone for so long and that music hits, you know, that taps right back into your your feels. And you just, you know, excited. You're a mark again. You know what I mean? I know I felt that way that night. After WrestleMania, when me and Dwayne was in that bullshit arena and that Brock Lesnar music hit, I was ready to go, man. I was like, I was like a that black version, huh? That was, was Miami. It, was it Miami? I'm old. I, wait, I get. Wait, wait. That's what he said. That was, he yeah. Costume, right. That was that was Miami. Yeah, I apologize. So let me just say, I apologize to Miami. I had New York, New Jersey in my head. That was not you. Okay, cool, but. That's to my point, man. That music is iconic, man. Because y'all imagine Bret Hart having uh, another piece of music than what he did? No. No, you're right. No. <laughs> Could you imagine Ric Flair coming out to some, you know, random ass bullshit uh, Warner Media cut? <laughs> <laughs> nope. 
could, could, could you imagine uh, Vince bringing in Eddie Guerrero from WCW and turning to the people that work for him now and say, hey, make this guy some music? It'll probably sound like that bullshit that Nikki Nikki Cross came out to last night when she uh, turned herself uh, into the fucking Blue Blazer. Oh, God. <laughs> Ugh. So I that's... Watch, I didn't watch it, but I'm dreading watching it when I run it back. So, the, yo, that's, that's, that's my beef I've got right now. You know, I know one of the things that we, we talked about a while and and Dwayne, I'm I'm throwing this assist to you because I know you've been ready to talk about it. You know, myself, Dwayne, Don, others, you know, we've been all for years talking about the reimagining, repackaging of Roman Reigns. You know, we finally got this heel turn. You know, he finally gave D Lo Brown his vest back. <laughs> So now we're just waiting for him to stop being a member of the shield because one member of the shield is gone. The other one is, you know, godly and a, a god, a godly pimp. However that works. And, and it's just Roman now. So we finally got Roman Reigns some new music. Something we're hoping that it's something that can exemplify the tribal chief, the so we can acknowledge him, the head of the table. And what do we get? We get one of them preset tunes from keyboards in the nineties. Dwayne, how you feel about it? Oh Jesus, how much time do we have? Um, it sucks. It's not inspiring, and. Probably my friend's four-year-old daughter could have made that, and it would have been. <laughs> That's probably how I would put it. Well, I'm going to disagree. I think the beginning of it is a little slow, but once it gets into the actual part where the drums really come in, I like it. And he walks real slow, so you get to all those good parts. He has to take a Kevin Nash walk before he gets to that part, though. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, the beginning, now, I'll, I'll grant it, the beginning is a little overwhelming. It doesn't have Ooh, that, it doesn't have that traditional, like, you know, like you're talking about the Bret Hart, doesn't have that that riff right off the beginning that just grabs you. But if you can give it 20 seconds, it gets, I, to me, it gets better the longer it plays. You know, you know, we can nitpick it. You know, I think that beginning part, there's something there. I'll give you that. But that beginning and that little piano shit throws me. You know what I mean? If, if the, it's like they were working with something like that, that that real background, that bass. It was like they were working with something. And then when they added the other ingredients into the piece, it was like white people making chicken salad. Oh, I'm going to throw grapes in this shit. I'm going to throw cranberries in this shit. I'm going to throw walnuts in this shit because, yeah, that makes sense. They definitely don't have anything that is iconic. Thank you. And that was my next thing. Go ahead. 
at the moment. They don't have any iconic music. I mean, the closest thing they had was the Undisputed Era music, and they aren't using that for anybody anymore since they broke them up. So that's probably the last piece of just like straight up iconic music that may yep. ever be produced by WWE. So yeah. that may be something we just have to kind of who made that going forward. CFO. Yeah, so that was CFO. So I can't can we can we think of something that what are, what are they called Death Rebel? Can we think of something that Death Rebel has done since they've been employed by WWE that may be iconic? They can't even take credit for the Hit Road theme because that's Swerve. Yeah, can't do that. <laughs> but that one bangs. That's a good one, though. Oh, it does. It does. It's just like, you know, I kind of throw... Um, I was looking on um, Spotify, and they got a little credit on the Big E thing. But I can't get that to them. I, that, I got to get that to Wale. <laughs> right. And that's hard to do. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not the easiest thing to do. But, you know what I mean? It's just hard. You know, like I said earlier, well, man. You have Lashley's, right? Do they? Yeah. Well, looks like it. Maybe. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, they pro- they'd probably do. Yeah, they do. I'm looking at I'll it. Give La- I'll give them that for Lashley. Okay. So, here's the deal. So I we're... don't I don't like Apollo, but I don't like anything Apollo Crews. Right? <laughs> so, bullshit, but that's but that, another day. But that's my point, yo. Like we're nitpicking. You know what I mean? Like it's about four hundred superstars in WWE combined, main roster NXT NXT UK, and we're sitting up here nitpicking. Like Roman's okay, Big E's is good. Hit Rose is good, but we can't give him credit because that was really swerve. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But if we throw that back to WWE, old school, like, we would be doing the reverse. We would be trying to f- single out the Jim Johnson's songs that were that sucked. Like, there were suck-ass gimmicks that Jim Johnson made, with, made work with the music. He did. Like, personally, I didn't want to turn on Raw and watch no fucking vampire. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you this right now. <laughs> Gangrel's music is the hard, some of the hardest shit oh, ever. Oh, man, yes. <laughs> ever. Ever. You can listen to that shit the rest of your life and every time it crank up, if you have no soul if Gangrel's music comes on and you don't start bobbing a little bit. Something on your body gotta shake. If if right. it don't, you have no soul. <laughs> Hands down. And that's my issue. In a company that already struggles to make new superstars... Why are not why aren't we giving them the tools to help them become superstars? To help them become iconic. If Chris Jericho ever comes back to the WWE, when you hear Break the Walls Down, you know what banger coming. Uh-huh. But 
let me be real. Let me say this. With that bullshit that he coming out to right now, <laughs> if Adam Cole left tomorrow and came back five years later with that same shit, crickets, crickets, <laughs> crickets, they wouldn't know who the fuck he was until he came out. <laughs> like, really, I was watching NXT today, and he opened up the show. And I didn't know who it was until I looked up. Damn. But like Don said, that last piece of iconic music that came out was that Undisputed Era. Yeah. That shit was like the new school NWO theme. I ain't even gonna lie. That's how I hooked I was on that shit. Yeah, it's definitely one of the best recent pieces of theme music in a long time uh the samoa joe theme is pretty good the godzilla inspired theme but those were all what the cfos CFOs. when they were basically they were in their bag for a minute bailey you said bailey yeah her new theme yeah only two, because I'm I'm all, I'm looking at like the songs they've done right now, and the only ones I've seen that they've done is that I like. It's only two: uh, Lashley and Bailey, because they 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 did Damien Priest. Um, Cesaro apparently has. I guess Cesaro's got different music that was by them. I mean, look, Cesaro gonna have a Cesaro probably had the most music in WWE. <laughs> that that new joint is a is a superhero anthem though. That shit is awesome. Yo, you know, and, and to tell you the truth, the one that he has now, uh, which Death Rebel get um did, so I give them credit for that. Um, that's been my favorite Cesaro theme um since he stole Dean Malenko's music. <laughs> and then Def Rebel then went and kind of remixed Imperium's music and I thought that they was did. so 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 unnecessary it's so unnecessary um yeah I, 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 just think, had, that, I think that was just the, I think that was just WWE being petty always <laughs> because WWE yeah, they they did Humberto Carrillo's. <laughs> ironically, ironically, they did Retribution, and then the title of it is shut them down, and we see what happened to Retribution. They got shut the fuck. Oh, I mean, if you <laughs> want to talk about a real banger, you know, something that really, really, really set the world on fire. Hey, hey. Hop hop. Oh my gosh. No, no, no. No. Talk about a banger. Straight to the top. Hey, hey. Hop hop. Straight to the top. No. (laughs) They they went and fucked up. I know tomato was watching that you right about now. (laughs) They went and fucked up Pete Dunn's music. Could have left that alone. I mean, it's 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 just a problem, man. Like, and don't get me wrong, this has been so focused on WWE, but 
other companies haven't been doing the same job as well. Well, I don't I know. Mean, they haven't been... Let me let me let me let me take it this. Jungle Boys music off the chart. Oh. So when you mean Jungle Boys music, do you mean his current music the, or do you mean whoa, the first one? Whoa. Oh yeah, so you mean joint from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, whoa. that one's Look, shout out to Tony Khan for licensing some music. I'll give him that. But their original music, like music that they make, yeah. What about the Wardlow theme? That's pretty good. I like Wardlow's music. I I like um, Britt Baker's music. Yeah, I like Britt Baker's music. That Wardlow goes hard. You know, so here's the deal. I actually like MJF's music. But then I found out that MJF's music was a cut from uh, YouTube's little music thing that they have. That that Y'all know what I'm talking about? That little music studio that YouTube has? Yeah, where you can get the free... Yeah, the free, MJF. Free music. MJF. Yeah, MJF's theme is a cut from there. A lot of music... A lot of themes have been like the NWO theme was a, originally one of those. Oh, like, yeah. Like in the bin music, free to use if you need a song type thing. Yeah. And it's cool if you could find something like that. You know, we've seen, like you said, a situation like the NWO where that worked out. But then again, there's been, I think there's been more scenarios where that hasn't worked out mm-hmm. than, than it did. Right, right. Like, I used to clown one of my buddies um, when we were in middle school. Uh, he was a white boy. Um, <laughs> I should have known he had no music taste. But he used to love Eddie Guerrero's music in WCW. Why? And I'm not even talking about when he turned heel and when, you know, dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Yeah, I ain't, I ain't talking about that. I'm talking about the one that he had before that. Oh. <laughs> Jesus. If you don't remember which one I'm talking about, please look that shit up. Or like it was a like a random kind of rock theme that I swear somebody else had on WCW Saturday Night back in the day, because uh, you know they used to uh, recycle them shits. Oh man, we got uh, double juice in the basketball game. Uh, uh, Booker and Beverly they collided. Oh, yeah. Both of them bleeding. Yeah. Yeah. That one. Beverly just delivered a Glasgow kiss. I looked incidental, <laughs> but you know, people because Pat Beverly's reputation, they're gonna say it's intentional. Right. Damn, I'm behind. I just caught that. Yeah, yeah. That was a nice little Glasgow kiss there. Yeah. Double juice. No blading involved, Doug Batista. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Had to bring Batista in this. Shout out to I Walk Alone, though. Hey, that's what I'm saying. Yo, look, <laughs> look, you know, I embody Xavier Woods' spirit when he put that out in the world because yeah. I swear, yo, I used to sing that shit to myself. Like, Batista shit went hard. It did. Like, uh, that's what WWE needs to do, man. Like, Start putting it out there, man. Get these artists to come in here and do things, man. Give your superstars some personality, you know. I commend Tony Khan for putting out the Bucks. Oh, Lord, I said the Bucks. Oh, good God. Them fucking young Bucks. Um, I mean, I mean, actually, yeah. 
Shout out to my header. Dwayne, what did I say? <laughs> this was not a space for you to you bury Tony Shad. I bought up the Young Bucks, <laughs> but that wasn't a space for you to kind of slide Tony Schiavone back in there, man. We're not talking about this at all. So like I said, <laughs> I commend Tony Khan for breaking out the bank. Let me say that. Breaking out the bank to license... I mean, Something like that for Jungle Boy, or even uh for John Moxley. I mean, when your daddy owns the Jaguars and Fulham FC, I mean, hey. Well, look, it ain't like WWE is broke. Oh yeah, of course. Like, not. like, like somebody let me know what precarious situation that the WWE is in that they can't invest funds into the presentation of their talent. Miss McMahon being creative. Just throwing it out there. And I'm going to pay the role of Mo Meltzer really quick. Um, Shout out to my man, Mo underscore Reese. I saw a report saying that Vince McMahon is very aware that the WWE is stale. Well, motherfucker, if you know your shit is stale... Fix it. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, why do you know your shit is stale? Why do you acknowledge your shit is stale and then do the same shit week by week? I swear, like, I, 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 I look, we've been doing Twitter spaces for, you know, shows the past months since it's been you know, a thing like if I'm not in the Twitter space it's because I have it on and I'm not paying attention or it's in the background because it's, it's hard. You know, it's hard as a Charlotte Flair fan to see her in fucking four matches with Rhea Ripley. Like why you can't think of anything better to do. Like you were so void of ideas for a talent like Nikki Cross that she had to make herself into the fucking blue blazer. Like what the fuck? Like can one of y'all with Eva Marie like, and rename her as fucking New Drop? New Drop. You know, and because I I'm I refuse to say Dewdrop, Drop. You know, I'm gonna call it a drop. You know, uh, I'm gonna call it by her name. You know, uh, I, I like to drop. You know, because she be putting that drop down when she uh, uh do that move in the corner. I'm gonna call the name of Piper. I'm gonna call the Piper. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> but y'all, help me understand this. How do you acknowledge that your programming is stale, that your product is stale, but you don't put the pieces in motion to change your product? He's out of touch. That's only. That's the only way to put it. And if you know you're out of touch, you need to step aside, which we've been saying for God knows how long. Like, at the end of the day, it's like you have done, you're really tainting your legacy more and more if you know your shit is stale. And you're not doing anything about it. But and maybe we need to probably just turn, flip the channel 
and just watch AEW and let the ratings decline because that way they'll be like, oh shit, they're really not watching this anymore. Yo, but and, I, and I Don, think, I, I think he thinks the fans are bluffing. Yeah, Don, I, I heard you say, but I, I do want to point point out something before you chime in. Like both of y'all know that I never really considered um, AEW versus NXT competition just for the sole purposes of that's an A show versus I'm sorry, um, it's my personal A show, but in WWE's eyes, that's the, that's their third brand. Um, it, it's not compatible to me. What I've been watching is main roster Raw SmackDown and Dynamite numbers. And, you know, SmackDown is still hovering around the twos. But Raw keeps getting deeper and deeper into them ones. And their first week unopposed, Dynamite was up to a 1.2. Like back in the day, it, it's not gonna take a lot if Raw. I think Raw had like dipped down to a one point five something real quick. That margin is very, very slim. And if the product doesn't improve, I think very soon, especially, especially because AEW does live live wrestling better than WWE when they get back on the road. It might not be too soon before Dynamite really starts to creep up on Raw. Don, go ahead. Say what you're going to say. Well, I was just going to say, it's stale, but who do they have that could energize it? They don't have anybody on that roster that they haven't hoard out, used and abused, and overexposed at this point. Yeah. So, unless they come up with a whole new set of people that nobody's seen before or a group of or group up a group of people that nobody expected to group up let them run wild let them talk trash let them be violent there's really nothing anything that you're going to do to switch anything up we thought we were going to get that with mustafa ali we thought that was the, the start since he was supposed to be the hacker on smackdown we thought that was going to be something didn't beat wasn't anything so he came over to raw with retribution and they did all that to kind of build it up and then all of a sudden they went from being like an outlaw outside of the promotion thing to oh to stop these crazy attacks they're a part of the roster now like what <laughs> that shit was worse than the nwob team <laughs> so you know there's 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 not a lot that they have like i said i say this uh, the way that they've positioned everybody on raw they nobody's a star anymore they don't have no, a star like don't. smackdown has the star and then everybody lines up after the star well raw just has a bunch of people bunch of people yeah. and nobody's totally standing do. out drew probably is the star them. but they've overexposed them exactly Mm-hmm. Exactly. Which is which is which sucks because he was that guy, and I mean you could also, I think maybe what they should have done instead of putting the belt on him during the pandemic, made him wait a little bit longer, mm-hmm. and then as they get back on the road, then have his crowning moment. But I will say the least they did not put. The same three guys in the Money in the Bank ladder match to start off with. Yeah, yeah, they they they're trying to, they're trying to 
shake it up with what they have. I don't know if that's going to be good enough. But at least on this Monday Night Raw, you can finally see them trying to shake up what we have been seeing for the past two or three months or so. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like Don, I totally agree with you, man. There, there's no star on the program. Um, you know, I, I like what you said about you know having to mix it up some way. You know, with a group or something. Like my my main problem is is that. I swear I can watch an episode of Raw in 2021 and I, I, I can flip back to Raw in 2018. It's the same damn show. I can flip back to Raw in 2014. It's the same damn show. Like, it's the same formula. Like, Don, if you remember a couple of weeks ago when we were all excited about fucking tag team match starting off the the show right. and we didn't think we were going to get no promo. And then AJ Styles walks out and cuts a 10 minute plus promo for no reason. That was, that was time that they could have been wrestling. And at the end of the day, and I know it's sports entertainment is a variety show and all that. And we all love the attitude area and all, well, some oh, of the high, some of the hijinks, but at the end of the day, we want to watch wrestling for wrestling. Right. You know what I mean? And, you know, that's one of the reasons, like, I, I don't totally agree with everything that AEW does, but I love the fact that when I turn the t- on TNT, that when that show starts, they're taking me to the ring. They're ringing the bell. One of the first voices that I hear on that show even though I don't like his voice and I don't understand why anybody in wrestling likes his voice. But I hear Justin Roberts announcing a match and we get a hot match to start us off, to keep us engaged. But WWE, oh, let's come out here and ramble for 20 minutes and then what do they do they remind you about that rambling two or three more times throughout the night that's the reason why uh when they had the switch up the other night uh two fridays ago where they had roman and jay in the back then jimmy cut the promo in the ring and then they switched back to the back to see you uh jimmy and jay and then back into roman's dressing room that was the first time that they that that the 20 minute promo wasn't actually boring it, it was yeah shot in different locations it was interesting it kept you intrigued it wasn't just like oh when are they going to stop talking so we can get to the action and that's and you hit the nail right on it you know, if if we if we're not in a space where we have new folks going in and we gotta rely on the people that we have, then you gotta do something different. Right. You know what I mean? If you if you're gonna do the promo, do it do it different. You know what I mean? If if like everything doesn't have to always be gimmicky. Everything hasn't doesn't have to be so formulated. I will say one thing. I'm glad I ain't seen that damn 24-7 title in like two months. And <laughs> part part of me is kind of upset. And I'm gonna knock on wood right now. So I apologize, everybody. If that shit pops up next week, it's my fault because I shouldn't have spoke on it. Um, you know, but I always thought Raw could use a because everybody gives that even WWE. Title. Yeah, I always thought that they could use a television title. That's a perfect way to eat up 
20, 25 minutes on a three-hour show. Uh-huh. But who would they give it to? Because you got to have a workhorse be that guy, though. If you're going to do it every week or every other week. I would put So, to start, to start off, off, I would put it on a vet. I would start it off with AJ Styles. Or yeah. Rand, uh, AJ so or... Yeah, I would start it off with either AJ or Randy Orton. Or even The Miz when he returns. Wait a minute, did you just say The Miz? If he returns. Wait, hold on. I'm just I'm just kind of let me kind of mark down this date. 622-2021. Did you just suggest the Miz <laughs> for a spot? I did. Oh my god. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what you call growth. <laughs> hey, girl. Look, let me tell you something. I, I, I may not have said much about it, but the Miz has definitely grown. Oh my god! Look, Don, I'm so glad you're recording this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bookmark this shit as evidence. This is a dude that has been railing. On the mid since the day he popped up on SmackDown. Just saw it on his oh god. What the fuck is he doing here? Mm-hmm. Like Oh yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Dwayne boy. <laughs> I'm I'm so shocked right now. Like, I'm yeah. shocked and proud. Welcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm just going to say that and I'm going to let it go because I ain't going to dig it. You know, you don't have to say awesome or shit like that. You know, uh, I've said it a few times. You know, so yeah. I, I'm just going to savor that, man. I appreciate yeah, it. I, but yeah. <laughs> I, I've, said, I've said that a few times, though. I ain't going to lie. You ain't said it. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, man. I'm just overwhelmed right now. But yeah, get, and, getting and back and into also, it. the Miz's birthday is in October, like myself. So I, I, I kind of. I kind of get it a lot more now. Okay, good stuff. Growth. I'm gonna do some poetry snap for that. Now he's been replaced by Apollo. Oh god! <laughs> Apollo. Because of the smoke. You don't it wouldn't be so bad. I would rather have Apollo in catering than this Nigerian bullshit that he's going through right now. Look, man, that that. The thickest Nigerian accent in my people. Shut the fuck up, man. I'm a Stone Mountain fucking Georgia. Oh, man. Hey, up, man. Hey, man. You talking about presentation? We're talking about presentation. Like, good guy. Commander Aziz. Dabakato. Like, <laughs> like when they made when they made, when they made that big motherfucker wrestle with his jacket on. Yeah, the whole <laughs> uniform. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this Spanish wrestling. You see the Mongol finisher? Yeah. Like, and here, commander outfit, they're going too far. And as a, as a dude, and, and the way he knows what I'm talking about, as a dude in high school who wore an old ass marching band uniform yeah. That, yeah. that that had cords on it. Yeah, dude. Like, I I know the pain of, you know, fucking around with your cords while you're trying to do something. Like, the cords aren't there to, you know, prevent you from doing what you're trying to do. And the funniest part of that match, last 
Friday was, you know, he's trying to hit a move and he got to move his fucking cords out of the way. <laughs> or he got to put, he got to untangle himself. Even after he won, if you go back and look at the tape, he's fucking trying to untangle himself and, you know, put it back on the right way so then he could raise his hand. It, it was so funny, man. It's just like, yo, they, they took him out there and they let him look out like a dumbass right like it, it looked like he looked like a dumbass and that just goes you know full circle into what we're talking about um in in superstar presentation so let me throw this question out to you guys you know and you know what's keep it what's prevalent in my head is what don said about wwe just having the same guys and gals right now what could the wwe change in your opinion, in the presentation of those on the roster now, and I'm just asking a blanket question, not talking about any one person specifically, what could they do to start presenting their superstars better to the audience to improve their product? I'll let Don go first. Well... (laughs) I I would say go back to the old formula, man. If you want to make people special, then you got to make the tiers. So you got to have your main event guys. You got to have your upper mid-card guys. You got to have your lower mid-card guys. And all of those guys need to be held up by jobbers. And I don't mean... Naomi one week is a jobber and then the next week she wins. I don't mean that Oscar one week is a jobber and the next week she wins. No, I mean guys that weigh 125 pounds going up against Drew McIntyre. And you know they're not going to win, but you know what they're here for. They're here to make Mm -hmm. Drew McIntyre look good so Drew McIntyre gets some wins without having to burn through all the matches that we're going to see in the pay-per-views. And he gets to come out, cut his promo, talk about what he did, what he did, what's he going to do, whatever. Same thing with the heels. Hey, have these heels, these monster heels, come out here, be monsters, dominate dudes, ragdoll them, get them down, could win the match, pull them up by the hair, continue the match, just continue to build heat, build heat, build heat, get on the microphone and talk about it. And then you don't burn through, A, people who are talented, and just have them get loss after loss after loss. You get a whole crop of kids in your performance center, some valuable experience on the main roster. And you keep all your matches fresh. Your your big money matches are big money matches. I haven't seen it six times on Raw before it's time for the pay-per-view match where I don't want to see this anymore. And that's what they're going through. It's like, oh, if we don't have these superstars versus these superstars, nobody's going to watch. That's bull crap. The thing is, mm-hmm. Vince has gotten too far away from the understanding that the entertainment is the wrestling, boss. Yeah. yeah. It's not all the other stuff you think is the entertainment. All the little skits and the ha-ha that you do for your own devices, not the you know tie-ins to the movies where you got the zombies taking over. Man. No, none of that is what we tune in for. We tune in to see people be violent, to talk about it, and then other people try to do something on the opposite end of that, to do something against it. That's that's what I'm here for. And until they can get back to that, 
the raw especially is always gonna be less than what it was because as you said Dwayne he's thinking of it as a variety show I gotta have a little of this I gotta have a little of that but they lose the main point which is we tune in to see the wrestling yeah the the less less of the second W well less of the E and more of the second W yeah um, Don you specifically talked about WWE Um, do you think other wrestling promotions um, outside of well I just want to say in the states um, do you think there's other companies that do that do a good job of having those tiers. I think AEW has done a very good job. I think NXT does a very good job of establishing mm-hmm. you. You kind of know where the people are slotted, and then sometimes you get a guy like Kyle O'Reilly, who was definitely a mid card guy, and now mm-hmm. he's kind of slipped his way up into the main event status at some different times. But then mm-hmm. he's also had his chance at the main event, saw that he wasn't quite at that level due to the booking. And now he's back down to kind of in the area where he's in between the two. So AEW the same way. They've done a good job of establishing, you know, Kenny, Moxley, um, Jericho, MJF as kind of their Cody, as kind of their top, top, top. And then right underneath that, you got Heyman Page and Jungle Boy and... You know, all the guys that are like just not quite at the main event level, but they're firmly established in that upper mid card. And then you have your lower mid card and then you have your, you know, your jobber guys, too. They have some people who are just there to to take some losses every now and then. So I, I just like that formula better. That's what I grew up on. I know everybody loves the Monday Night Wars and Nitro and all of the big time matches on TV but that has done at this point after 30 years more to hurt the building of new stars yes. than help it yes mm-hmm. I totally agree totally agree totally agree I'm, I, Don I'm so glad that you made that point because when I talk about um, episodic formula on Raw and Smackdown particularly each week it's that same formula that we saw during the Attitude Era. Like, they have not changed that formula. Um, one, one, one thing that I want to hit on before we uh, get out of here is, do you think, if we kind of stripped it down and we did some things different to build some folks up, and concentrate on those talents that we think can be can carry the company as an upper echelon talent. If you're looking at WWE and you're looking at AEW, can you identify a male and a female in both companies who do you believe can be that guy or that girl? How did you go to Wayne? Hmm. Who could be that? And, and, and Dwayne, look, before you answer it, like, just think about it in a sense of errors. You know what I mean? Like, even though I know you fuck Hulk Hogan, you know, you know, fuck, fuck him, you know, <laughs> but, you know, you know, take, take Hogan, yeah, you know, but, you know, we, we can't take away from the fact that Hogan is an error. You yeah. know, Austin is an error. Yes, you know, definitely. Cena is an error. Yes. But Cena been gone, 
who 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 person who the person now? Like who who can be that person, male and female, for both of these companies? Oh, for both uh, WWE and AEW. Yeah. Hmm. One person or. Yeah, whoever you can name. I won't. I won't. You know, make you. You know, name a male and a female from both companies. But like, who who oh, stick who? out? Oh, okay, I got you. Uh, honestly, yeah, I would say Roman. Okay, and I say that because. Since this heel run has happened last year, he's on a whole. He is definitely elevated himself. Like we would. I mean, either he got into a reaction either way, but he wasn't the cash cow that Cena was, and I think that's. And of course, I really think to this day that's. One of the reasons why Cena never went full heel because Vince was too scared to lose money. Um, but I think what's that? What it's going to do? What this heel run is going to do for Roman is make him that bigger of a babyface. When he went, because you know eventually that's going to happen. Oh, you know that's the end game. That is the that is definitely the end game to turn him babyface. And he's and I think as soon as that happens, only he can fuck that up. But I think his reckon his star power reckon the the and I even hate to say this the lusting that these women have when it comes to when it comes to this guy. <laughs> um that will definitely transcend both promotions. On the women's side, the queen. I mean, I think on both promotions, she is above and beyond. The best! Yeah, like, she she is above and beyond the whole, the whole industry. So, I think no matter where she went, no matter she could go join her baby in AEW if she wanted to. And I think that would be a, I think what they should, that would be a nice little interesting storyline that WWE never should have put a trigger on, but never did. Um, you mean her with Andrade? Yes. Yeah, that they turned that down. That was yeah. so dumb. Yeah, that was, yeah, very dumb on their parts but um i really think the those roman and charlotte are the two i would choose what about you don um wwe uh definitely i would go with roman just uh actually you know what i'll give somebody else too roman would be my first choice though just Mm -hmm. because like you said just the it was something that we thought we'd never get. We finally got it, and it's better than we ever could have expected it to be as far as his Roman heel turn. So definitely my first thought would be Roman. But my second thought would probably be Keith Lee. 
uh, like, like if he, you know, is healthy enough due to whatever has kept him off of television for the last six months or whatever. Because I think that Keith Lee has uh, charisma. He has uh, the ability to wrestle big guys and small guys, which is what you need. And he gets people talking. He has a he has a, an, an infectious personality that draw people to him. And then once you see what he can do as a 300 and they say 50, but I'm going to say 365, 75 pound man. It's amazing once you see that in action. Um, for the women's side, it's Bianca Belair. Uh, she, I knew you were going to say that. She's so young. She's so talented. She She's this good, able to carry the championship at such a young age in her wrestling career that, you know, with more experience and more um, moments and, and, you know, now she's about to go on the road and get these house show matches in. So, yeah, she she is it. I mean, you know what I'm saying? She she makes her own gear. She's She understands the social medias. Um, yeah, you know, uh, the only thing that can really stop her at this point are injuries in Hollywood. Right. What about AEW? When it comes to AEW, Hangman Adam Page is the man. He is the, he is the, I, there's an AEW six in my estimation, yeah. right? But Hangman Adam Page is at the top of that six. It's Hangman yeah. Adam Page, it's MJF, it's Wardlow, it's Ricky Starks, it's Jungle Boy, and God, who is the six guy? I always blank on the six guy. Um, but yeah, there's one more guy I can't think of. If I think of it, I'll, I'll let you know. But yeah, there's six guys in AEW right now that should be the future that they that they capitalize on. And then as far as the women's division goes, that bitch, Jade Cargill. Because <laughs> she, she got the look. She got the natural charisma. You know, the in-ring will come. You need to work on that in-ring. Yeah, well, that'll... That's the that's the last thing you need in today's wrestling scenario is the in ring, but that'll come. But she's got everything else you, she's got everything else that you can't teach, and that's gonna take her a long way. And I think that she just with more time and more experience, just like Binky, uh, she, you know, she'll end up being the one that everybody remembers and talks about. Well, Don, I'm just surprised that you didn't say Brock Anderson. <laughs> oh, Darby Allen. That's my sixth guy. Darby oh, yeah. Allen is the sixth guy. Yo, I wanted to like when you said sixth guy and you couldn't remember, I I the two that I had in my head that you hadn't named was either Darby or Sammy. I didn't want to throw either one out there. No, not Sammy. I don't think Sammy Guevara's a brighter star than Darby Allen is. Yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree. Mini Sting. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh yeah. Uh, for me. For me, for WWE, um, it's definitely Velveteen Dream. I'm so I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. totally joking. Totally joking. Um, yeah, I gotta agree with y'all, man. I can't really think about two two, um, two years ago though. That would have been oh so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It might have been. It might be some salt in that, you know, because he could have been it. Um, but yeah, he decided to. Do some other oh, things. You know what I would like to add as a as a like a like a a, a, a star or one more or one plus. Yeah. When he finally puts his tag team partner through the barbershop window, Montez Ford. Yes, Montez Ford. Thank dude. 
literally literally don that's where i was going i was going to drop roman reigns name and then go to a new person like montez montez okay, is my, my bad. One. i didn't mean no you good no point. but that's the thing you know i just like i like the synergy you know what i mean so i'm gonna yeah. put angela dawkins on barry Gennetti. <laughs> I mean, y'all don't make Dolph Gennetti, though. <laughs> no, nah, man. You know, I think Angelo is, he, you know, he'll stick around, you know. He bring the European title back for him. He'll be good. Yeah, thank you, man. Like his uncle D-Lo, you know what I mean? He good. He got the shape, you know, the head. Like like D-Lo, he'd be good. But, yo, man, I'm just, I'm just, you know, dude, if you're talking about two people at the top, um, to me, you know, the one A and one B, you know, the one that's already there and the one that could be is Roman and Montez on the male side. You flip it to the female side, it's it's Charlotte and Bianca for me. Um, so you both have hit on three um, that I've named. But Montez, man, since, you know, this whole Street Profits thing has gotten going, you know, in the ring, amazing exciting talented on the mic man i can't wait till they get back on the road and this dude gets to interact with a live crowd right right like i feel like you know if they don't put the handcuffs on him and try to dress him down tone him down i, I think you can see something uh you're gonna he's gonna turn some heads well, yeah. He's already passed the in-ring test because they had oh, yeah, yeah. they had him wrestle AJ Styles and Seth Rollins back to back. As mm-hmm. you know, and they do that as far as like, you know what I'm saying, when they're doing litmus tests on you when they yeah, see that's something. That test. The same thing with my, with my man Carmelo Hayes tonight getting this match with Adam Cole. It, it's not just it happened out of the blue. It's like, dad, he wrestled Kushida. We saw something. Well, let's see if we can see that same thing again, and let's put him in the ring against Adam Cole, the best we got. Yeah. So, definitely Montez. You know, I know some folks, some listeners out there in the WrestleCast fan, you know, you don't like the queen, but that's okay. She's not to be liked, you know. You know. The Slayer. You know, she's a flair. You ain't supposed to like her. Uh, but she is the best. And, you know. She just sucked Rhea Ripley's confidence right away from her. This Rhea Ripley yeah. on the main roster that lost to Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania is a shell of the Rhea Ripley that was in NXT that came up to wrestle Charlotte Flair. And to me, that's a Rhea Ripley problem. Because uh, Rhea Ripley has the potential. Uh, but she... She can't let herself get, you know, taken aback like that. It might be the pressure of being the champion so young and so soon. Yeah. He's only 24. Yeah. 24. How old is Bianca? I think he's like 26 or 27. She's a okay. little older. So, a little older. Okay. Um, you know, Rhea, I think she has the potential to be a top star, but, you know, Bianca's you talk 32. about Bianca's what? 32. What? Wow. Well, Black don't crack. Wow. Like, I literally thought that, because I know Montez is up there. Like, I literally thought, you know, Bianca was this young chick from Tennessee, and Montez was like, fuck it. I know she's legal, so I'm just going to go ahead and get it. (laughs) Montez (laughs) is 31. 
Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Montez is younger than her? Yes, sir. Wow. You are blowing my mind. You are, this is not on the level of me learning that C Murder didn't do the Wolfpack song, but <laughs> this is still kind of blowing my mind. Like, yo, wouldn't have guessed it. That's that's wild. Um, but yeah, um, Bianca, you know, outside of the four horsewomen, matter of fact, actually, I think she's surpassed um, a couple of them. Um, but yeah, those would be my ones on the WWE side. You know, Don already knows how I feel about um, Hangman Adam Page. You know, um, I appreciate the slow burn, but I think he's the one. You know, he he's the one that's gonna um, be on top of that brand. Um, well, I they do. Gotta, they gotta. They gotta. They can't wait too long. Oh yeah, yeah. They, they can't wait too long. Around and because like he is getting tremendous pops, and they've mm-hmm. kind of diverted him off with Team Taz. When after he kind of claimed the spot as number one contender, to kind of, like, to kind of like you said, keep the slow burn going. But man, you don't want to. You know, what I'm saying wait too long, and the fans are out of the moment for him. You know. Yeah, he got the loudest reaction. At the last paper, yeah, double or nothing, yeah, yeah, you know, and and that and that wasn't just some first match thing, that was legit, you know, he's the guy, yeah. Um, so Hangman's hey, definitely do. Um, Jay, I feel the same way. Britt is the right person to carry the division right now until Jade is ready, um, to run with it. Best, and thing, carry it for best an and worst thing that ever happened to them was her getting hurt yeah. many times in a row. Yeah. But here's the deal. You know, the reason why I'll ask that question is because I wanted to kind of tie it into kind of the main thing that we were talking about in, you know, presenting the presentation of wrestlers on TV. And you all and me, we all named wrestlers who have the upper echelon of presentations on TV. Mm-hmm. From Roman to Montez, like Montez and Angelo, they have memorable themes. Right. Bianca does, you know, Charlotte does, um, you know, <laughs> we have our feelings one way or another about Romans, but everything else presentation wise is great. Hangman, music is good. Presentation is good. Character is good. Jade, presence. Mm-hmm. God, I just love Jade's presence. I mean, even like Don said, the injury Thank was fortunate you. because DMD kicking it on all cylinders. But then when we brush everybody else to the side, well, not brush them off to the side, when we brush everybody else off, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to um, leave Keith Lee out, but throw him in there too. You know, the presentation is there, but everybody else is question marks. And if we're going to make superstars. No needs a chance, though. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No needs a chance, though, since we're on the subject of Keith Lee. Mm-hmm. Mia. Yeah. Yeah. She's a. Uh... They've 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 had her slated to debut, but I don't know if they're being cautious with her due to him or what is going on with that. 
because I'll tell you my theory. I really think now this is just speculation. This is not, you know, facts. And I'm not reporting or breaking any news here. But I think that Keith Lee got the virus and he has been sick this whole time. Uh, because she got the virus, but, you know, it affects everybody differently, as we've figured out in the past year and a half. And that because, you know, even this long, events didn't like him or this wasn't feeling him or whatever the the news coming out of that situation was he wouldn't have kept him off of tv this long he would have mm-hmm. figured out a way to beat him or something you yeah because when drew when drew got diagnosed drew was <laughs> back quick yeah so or you know if he didn't want him then he could have got rid of him yeah and he could be back on tuesday nights you know, I, I think this Samoa Joe situation is going to open the door for uh, a lot more of this. Hey, stop releasing my guys and, and girls. And uh, can you let me know so I can at least get a chance to get them back? Oh, Paul George, you just choked. Yeah, they have a they have a definite uh, disconnect now. I think more than ever since that uh, that new guy got hired to be kind of the executive vice president, the job that should be Triple H's job. Yeah, uh, but they hired that guy from out of TV, and he's coming in and kind of the way that he's been operating, like, oh, they get ready to sell the company because they've been releasing all these people with these huge. They just signed these new contracts and things like that. So everybody's mm-hmm. speculating that WWE is getting ready to sell off, and they're trying to trim the fat, and that's the reason why they were releasing all those bigger name people uh, from the main roster and stuff. Mm. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. That's that's gonna about wrap us up. Appreciate you guys. Uh, I do want to leave on one note. Don. Yes, sir. Here I go. You know, always the heel. I'm gonna. I don't know how long this segment or this stick is gonna last, but I'm, I'm gonna try to make it last for a good little while. You know, this ain't no closing promo but this is my version of it i want to leave everybody with my charlotte flair stat of the night it's like the inside the nba ernie johnson's neato stat of the night (laughs) just to kind of dig it in a little bit and these stats aren't to be debated I don't want to hear no, oh, that's because. I don't want to hear none of that shit. You know, it's a stat. <laughs> so it sticks. It's out there. All right. So. Oh my God. <laughs> leave me alone, Dwayne. I'm doing this shit. <laughs> I'm on your side. <laughs> no. Here we go. The first oh, ever, you. the first ever Charlotte Flair stat of the night. What we're looking at tonight is the winning percentage, the total winning percentage of five prominent WWE female superstars. All four of the four horsewomen and Asuka. Their combined winning percentage in their WWE career. Because you know what? Hashtag Charlotte always wins. Here we go. Number one. Oscar, 
82.09%. Next up, Sasha Banks, 52.65%. That's a huge drop off. Next up, Bailey, 72.04%. Next up, Charlotte Flair, 53.15%. And last but not least, the man, Becky Lynch, 54.52%. So, Charlotte, no, let me back that up. Hashtag, Charlotte always wins. The percentages that I just read out. Charlotte is looking fourth place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Well, maybe we, it should be Charlotte always wins the title. Then I can vibe with y'all. But y'all gonna take that y'all gonna take that hashtag Charlotte always wins turn that son of a bitch all the way around and stick it straight up you hating candy ass we'll see you next time on the next episode of The Push peace out